Hey, there's a lot of other podcasts you could listen to. Just wanted to give you a heads up before we get started. Still here. Okay, well you were warned. This week Gabriel will be performing at the APCA conference in Chicago. Trying to get 19-year-olds to book him at their college. Ha, 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 ha. Sorry, just laughing because I remembered how fucking old Gabriel is. November 12th, Gabriel will be at Jazz Bones in Tacoma, Washington. November 13th to 16th, he will be at the Looney Bin in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more info and for all of his show dates, go to GabrielRutledge.com. Now it's time to relax, laugh, and learn nothing. Because episode 45 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check it, check, check, check. Bird, 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 bird is the bird, bird. Okay, we're rolling. Who sings that song? Bird, 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 bird is the bird, 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 bird. Siri, who sings the song "Bird is the Word"? Bird is the word is by Ski Mask the Slump God. That doesn't seem right. Let me see. Huh. Yo. Yo. Huh. I think outside the backs. I'm flipping the bird. The bird is the word. Huh. The bird is the word. Flipping the bird. The bird is the word. I think outside the eat. Well, that uh, is <laughs> not the song I was thinking about. Is that, uh, excuse the oldness of me, is that mumble rap? Is that where it sounds like you were saying something in your sleep and someone recorded you? Uh, that, uh, Siri led me astray. That, um, Siri, what the fuck was that? I don't know how to respond to that. Well, that's how I felt, listening to whatever that song was. What? Who sings the song? Bird, 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 bird is the word. What band plays the song? Bird is the word. I didn't want to do this, Siri, but I'm uh, going to have to talk to your friend Google. podcast isn't about who sings bird is the word bird is the word no ski mask oh there we go trash men it's called surfing bird siri first of all i'd like to apologize i had the song title wrong so that's my bad Uh, Siri, who plays the song Surfin' Bird? Surfin' Bird is by the Trashman. Yeah. 
Now we're all on board. Podcasting at home today. Uh, just me and the cats, Siri. Uh, we actually, uh, one of our cats, Don, he's pretty old, and he had uh, some medical problems about a year ago. And so uh, <laughs> we couldn't find him. We couldn't find him uh, at bedtime. And, uh, us you know, usually in that, he goes outside. Uh, so we're just like, oh, okay, well, he'll probably come back in the middle of the night or whatever. He did not. And then in the morning, it was like, you know, it's like nine something in the morning. Still no dawn. And I think one time he got caught in the in a neighbor's garage. So I'm like, did that happen? Is he old enough? He just wandered away to die. He didn't seem that unhealthy. We're going through all these scenarios. And then uh, my son got up. And uh, Don was in his room for like, I don't know, 12 hours sleeping in a laundry basket. So he was fine. Um, and, uh, you know, my son Johnny was like, he was in here all night? Well, like, what, what's he going to do? He's a cat. It's not like he's going to attack you in the night. But <laughs> I do a character uh, for my children. Actually, now that I think about it, it's not. It's usually it's mostly just my eight-year-old Olive. Uh, she likes it when I do a character character called uh, Teenage Daddy, where I just go like, I don't want to. Stop it! I don't want to be Teenage Daddy. She thinks it's uh, hilarious. Um, and you know, I'm a monkey. I'll dance. Eight-year-old laughs are just as good as anyone else's. I don't want to make you laugh. Leave me alone. You don't get it. God. Where's the word? Gosh, the trash man is so stupid. Um, I'm staring at an overflowing recycle bin right now. And believe me, I'm going to get right on that right after I finish podcasting. Um. And I see a beer bottle on the top, which made me think that uh, I should start drinking. No, it made me think that right now uh, my sixth grader, Maisie, is uh, in her health class. They're, every day she comes home and like, today we talked about crack. Today we talked about heroin. They're, they're talking about drugs and alcohol. And they are scaring the shit out of them, which I I don't know. I guess it's okay. I I hope they don't still do it like they kind of did with the D.A.R.E. officers where it's like, uh, you know, if you smoke pot, six months later you're going to be blowing people under a bridge to get heroin, you know. Uh, because then when you realize that's not true, then you think the whole thing's not true, you know. So I hope they're not doing that, but I do. It's not like I want her to do uh, heroin, for God's sakes. Who would? Um but they got her all freaked out about alcohol, and I was I was, uh, I, was uh, I was drinking a beer. I got home right before they went to bed, and I, uh, you know, just did a show for someone's 40th birthday party. I deserved a treat. Uh, I was drinking a beer as I was putting it into bed, and and Maisie's like pointing at it like. Like I have a needle sticking out of my arm. Just like, you're drinking a beer. Are you drunk? 
I hope you're not driving. Because you'd be impaired. You could kill someone. I'm like, all right. Let's take it down a few notches. Uh, because it's just a Michelob Ultra. Calm it down. <laughs> I like drinking. I'm on team alcohol if you have to pick. Michelob Ultra legal in all 50 states right now. <laughs> Don't you judge me. Don't you dare judge me. What are you drinking, zoo people? What are you drinking? A local craft beer. A local craft beer. Yeah, well, that's what Michelob Ultra is. It's our nation's craft beer. and I need the low car. Oh I love those big little ultra commercials. They're like, oh, we got to the top of a mountain. Let's crack open our beers. <laughs> Who hikes with bottles of beer up the whole mountain? <laughs> Michelob Ultra is for my level of athlete. Looking at your calorie counter thing, and you're like, I got room for three of these sons of bitches. By the way, BT dubs, uh, when <laughs> when I said, what are you drinking, zoo people? That was, uh, I was calling back to earlier. They were telling me where they were from, and uh, I they named a city near Chicago. I was in Rosemont when I recorded that, and uh, I didn't know where it was, and someone else in the crowd was like, they're by the zoo! And so that's, I mean, when you hear zoo people out of context, that, uh, I mean, almost sounds like a racial slur. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know what racial slur it would be, but just like, that was a pretty good neighborhood till the zoo people moved in. That doesn't sound good. Um, I, uh, I haven't put that video up yet, but, uh, I'm trying. It takes a while to edit. If, you know, I, if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I usually put all my videos up on those two, but uh, it's on it's on YouTube. I'm still putting out. It's on. Uh, I have a whole section called Unscripted. It's just it's not bits really. It's just me talking to the crowd, riffing, dealing with drunk people, that kind of stuff. Um, and um, check it out. I mean, hundreds of people already have. I mean, when I decided to do it, when I decided to, like, I'm going to start recording stuff, I'm going to learn how to edit, I'm going to put up all these, you know, unscripted moments, because I see other comedians getting millions of views for their crowd work videos, and I thought, I can do that, and I also thought, I can do that better, and uh, that may or may not be true, but the millions of views have not followed me, but that's fine. Um, it's, uh, it's still, it's a lot of content, it's, uh... There's some uh, there's some pretty funny stuff in that unscripted section on YouTube, and uh, you know a lot of times, uh, well for example that I just said that thing about Michelob Ultra, I riffed that at the comedy show, and then I thought, hey maybe that's a thing I can do every night, because that's how I write a lot of my material is I just remember shit I said. Uh, but I did try it again the next night, and it just, there's so many things that happen with a crowd that are only going to be funny that night because of the context, because of the, you can't recreate the exact 
environment that made it funny that night. Because, you know, the next two nights I tried it, if you just bring up I Drink Michelob Ultra and talk about the commercials, uh, you know, not that it bombed, but it was like, eh, flat. So uh, I would say at best, uh, the percentage of things that I uh, riff on stage that I try to make them bits that go into my act, I would say my success rate is maybe 33%. Uh, which is still worth trying, but it's still, uh, it's still, that's what people after shows are always like, well, I bet you're going to talk about that at your next show. And I'm like, probably not, because it, uh, you know, you had to be there, and we were just here. Which, am I high? Who talks like that? You had to be there, and we are here. I was going to talk about this later, but since we're already talking about comedy, I guess uh, we'll get into this. Good news, everybody. Gabriel is going to complain about his comedy career again. All right, I was going to read this uh, email I got because I found it hysterical. Uh, ooh, I got some more emails. Are there any podcasts where people just check their email and record it? Uh, January 8th, New Room in Silverdale. Yeah, I'll do it. I like how bookers never put what the money is until you say... It's a new room. Do you want it? Well, how about a few details? May 26th, $500 casino gig in Paulsbow, Washington. Yes! Uh, okay, enough of that. I'm literally checking my emails. Okay, this is the email I got. Obviously, I'm not going to say the name, but I will say this is a person uh, I have not worked for in years. Um, he books, he books private shows. I think when I worked for him years ago, I did a couple of, uh, country clubs. So it's like, you know, it's private gigs, corporate gigs, gigs where you have to be clean and, uh, not offend anyone. But I, I got this, I got this email. Hey Gabe, I hope this finds you well. First of all, kind of a civil war tone. <laughs> To a comedy email, if you ask me, but I trust this finds you well. Life is hard here at war, but when I close my eyes, I can still see the times we perform for country club members for a reasonable amount of money. Godspeed. Uh, okay, this is what it says. When it <laughs> Hey, Gabe, I hope this finds you well. When it comes to you, I'm mostly ignorant. I've always known you're a terrific comedian, but I've never been confident that my 40 and older, mostly conservative, i.e. pro-military, for instance, demographic was a good fit for you. But honestly, that was based on earrings, long hair, and posted club sets where they require blue language versus my gigs where they reject such behavior. So would you please take a moment and give me a a considered self-eval regarding the fit snugness of you and the older demographic described above. Whatever you say, I will take you as gospel, though you, though your reply may generate some follow-up questions from me. Please address cosmetic issues like A, are you currently sporting the long hair, and if so, B, 
Do you feel it scared off potential bookings from conservative groups? If not, that long hair should be... It's not that long hair should be a reason for not booking someone, but in a presentation performance art context, such things do contribute to how deeply a comic connects with his audience is all. And if by chance that is a great fit for what you do, please let me know if you're available to be considered for a Tacoma gig on January 17th. Thanks in advance for indulging me with this self-analysis. Sincerely, Flibbity Gibbet. That's the name I gave this guy. Well, I guess. I mean, first of all, fuck off. I mean, I'm not asking to marry your daughter. Holy crap. I didn't, like, I haven't even worked for this guy. Or, or like, tried to work for this guy in years. Are you currently sporting the long hair? And if so, I mean, come on, man. What? What about who are these hypothetical people he's booking shows for who are like, well, I don't think the long haired gentleman would be a good fit for our club. He doesn't look pro military to me. I mean, I didn't think how I fucking if you're booking me at a country club, what I feel about things isn't important. This is what I this is what I responded with. Uh, why can't I find it now? Damn it! Oh, hey, Liberty Gibbet. So ha, well yes, I do have long hair and a beard still. I think it may have cost me a little as far as corporate bookings, at least the type where they are considering multiple options, and my picture might stand out in a bad way. Most of my corporates come from recommendations or people who contact me directly. I do post I do post blue sets because club work is where I make the majority of my money. I can work clean. I understand that can take more con convincing if they see a clip that's not so clean. I actually do fine slash very well with older conservative crowds. A lot of my material is marriage and children based, and that's a pretty universal topic. I am available January 17th. Also, here's a clean clip if you need one. Uh, and he responded to that and said he'd be in further touch. No further correspondence about January 17th. But By the way, if you're a... Uh, uh, you know, I know a lot of young, younger comedians, at least in experience, uh, listen to this podcast maybe not a lot that sounds arrogant i know some of the people that listen to this podcast are less experienced comedians than me and you're like some people say to me all the time oh you work for everyone and you get around to all these people and different bookers and how do you well that's how a guy sends me an email that is frankly insulting and i just go yeah i'm available january 17th i can do it if you want and you might be thinking, so you're just saying you eat shit? You let people walk all over you to further your comedy career? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Hello, this is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably... Have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. 
Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently is just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship, but I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this, so worth it? Of course it is. Uh, go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of The Rutledges. Uh, to a point. The things where I won't let people walk all over me would be money. You know, I'm not going to do something for a certain amount of... Unless I get a certain amount of money. But, uh, you know, I work for a lot of assholes. Uh, but I just thought that was particularly hilarious. It was like... It was almost like an email from like the 1960s to uh, uh, George Carlin or something when he started growing his hair out, not to compare our careers, but <laughs> I don't think George Carlin did a lot of uh, 40th birthday parties in Arlington, Washington. But uh, yeah, that was uh, hilarious to me. It's almost the reaction you want from conservative people if you decide to grow your hair long in like the 60s or 70s. Where you're like, yeah, man, I'm not a part of your society. Look at my long hair. Uh, but I didn't really think people felt that way anymore as much. You know, I get that, like, you don't see a lot of long-haired people at the bank. or. And it, it is true. I think when I get pitched to, uh, you know, sometimes uh, bookers will just be like, hey, I need someone. Someone will contact them. We need a comedian for our Christmas party. The booker will send them six options and i'm one of them and yeah i think that cost me a little bit um but yeah that was pretty fucking ridiculous i mean what what did he especially since he never got back to me even though i said i was available and i would be a good fit what what did he want me to what did he want me to be like good news dude uh, I got a good boy haircut, I shaved my beard, I took my earrings out, I've been reading the Bible, uh, I've been going to a lot of websites that uh, hate liberals, uh, <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready to do all your gigs, I mean, good lord, I know that Clubs require you to be blue. They don't. Actually, they don't. Clubs don't ever require anyone to use uh, <laughs> profanity. Uh, they just don't care if you do. There's a weird thing in comedy where, where, look, some of the best comedians in the world are super clean. Brian Regan, Jim Gaffigan, Jerry Seinfeld, Brian Hamilton, a little lesser known but hilarious, which by all of those people worked comedy clubs or maybe still do and even you know no one ever said hey uh, uh you can't work here anymore jim gaffigan because we require blue language no there are people who make a living doing clean comedy at country clubs and private events and corporate functions and they do that because clubs will not give them work because they are not funny enough or they don't have the credits. And then they walk around all arrogant 
Like, anyone could be funny at a club. Yeah, go do it then. Go fucking do it. Because it's... Uh, look, don't get me wrong. Sometimes if I'm, uh, if I'm at an audition or something, or uh, some sort of showcase, and we're supposed to be clean, and I see a comic who can't do it. Like, if you can't do five minutes of clean material, I do judge you. But the other side of that is... Um, But the other side of that is sometimes I work at a club with someone like the middle act and they'll be like, yeah, I mostly do uh, corporates and cruise ships. And I don't say this, but in my head I go, yeah, I can tell. It's a different thing. Look, private events pay better than most club work. But it's it's if you've been rejected by part of the comedy industry, you don't get to arrogantly say that industry sucks and this one's way better. Because the reason almost everyone got into comedy is to do comedy in a building that said comedy club on the building. And a lot of the reason I do comedy is because I was raised so religious that I like talking about sex and I like swearing. Not that I'm like, not that I swear a tremendous amount, but it, I mean, I do on this podcast, but it, you know, it's important to me. I, okay, I love that uh, uh, it's been very economically beneficial to me that if someone says go do an hour of comedy without getting too sexual and not swearing i can go yes i will go do that you know uh especially around christmas season when that stuff pays you know whatever 1500 and up to do one of those gigs that's awesome but the other side of that is i that is not my dream to only do those well-paying gigs. I also like having a thought that is maybe about sex or, or maybe a little dirtier, and I like taking that thought and making people laugh at it. And, the, you know, you can't do that if you're only doing private events, you know? And honestly, that's probably where I should, considering where I live... <laughs> I mean if you're not going to if you're not going to live in LA or New York you should pro I should be doing nothing but trying to get on cruise ships but I uh, I'm stubborn and I'm holding out and I've in the last you know 5 years I started working so many good clubs that I don't want to turn my back on it and I could make more money but I guess I feel like I'm making enough you know this week a couple weeks ago I didn't but uh, but just that, you know, oh, blue language. Who even talks like that? Blue language. I mean, that's... <laughs> you mean like people talk? You know? How people actually talk uh, with their friends and family with an occasional shit or F word? Blue language. I mean, the truth is, uh, the funnier you get, the dirtier you can be. You know, it's, I suppose it's harder to have clean material that's funny, but it's also safer. You know? There's a lot of places I get, I get hired uh, to do, uh, you know, a private event. And then when I talk to them about how appropriate they want me to be, they're like, please don't be PG. I actually don't. You can't believe them. They say, give me the full deal, but they don't mean it because it, I don't know. 
they don't <clears throat> they don't mean uh Yes, please talk about ass eating in front of my secretary. They don't really mean that. They think they do. Also, I don't have any jokes about ass eating. I just use that as an example. But uh I'm old. We didn't use the I'm not from the ass eating generation, okay? We thought that's where poop came out. We didn't know. I mean, I don't I don't I don't want to offend anyone with my comedy. That's why I take it so personally when it does, because that's not what I'm going for. Uh, you know, I I found I can't be that dirty because people don't, you know, I'm sort of, it doesn't really match. You know, I I can certainly talk about sex and stuff, but not, it doesn't match the rest of my, it doesn't match my persona to be uh, too gross about sex. And I actually wish it could be a little... I wish I could be a little more uh, blue, if anything. Uh, but usually, I mean, the things that there's th there's things that I think are funny that I want to bring on stage, and then I'm like, I don't know, it just I don't know if I can do that in a way that it's not gonna bring up something I don't want people to be thinking about or hurt someone's feelings. Or I do think of that. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I would have brought this to stage, but uh, the other, uh, my, all of my eight-year-old, uh, the other day uh, at, uh, she's in plays, you know, both my daughters are, and someone backstage was, they were all like meeting each other or whatever, and someone, like one of the helper parent people, I guess they were going around asking everyone's pronouns, which I don't think my eight-year-old I mean, she's aware of that concept, but I don't think she'd ever been asked. Do you know what I mean? And so they were like, Olive, what, uh, what's your preferred pronoun? And she was like, unicorn. I mean, that's pretty fucking funny. And I'm always thinking of, I'm always observing my kids and thinking, is that something I can bring to stage? And I don't think I'm bringing that to stage because I don't, I don't want someone who does identify with a different pronoun. I don't want a they, them person to be like, oh, unicorn, that's what I am to you. Fuck it. You know what I mean? So I, I do I do have those thoughts. And I also don't want people to laugh because they think, yeah, that's just as ridiculous as trying to identify as not a he or a her. You know, so there are times where I'm like, I just don't think this joke is worth it. Um. And so, you know, I do, I do think of things like that. I wish uh, my heart rate's going up just thinking about what, what I want what I want to say. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to pre-say I am not uh, trying to um, diminish anyone's uh, individuality or how they identify. I love you. Until I get to know you, at least, I'm going to love you. <laughs> That's for everyone. I love all of mankind. And then sometimes after I get to know you, I don't anymore. But so if you are a, if your pronoun is uh, they or them or anything else, uh, I don't want to say this in a way 
of someone that hates you because that's not where this is coming from. But I'm just I would I I'm asking a question. I don't I would love it if any trans or non-binary or whatever people who listen to this podcast would contact me about this for reals. Because you know, this is kind of maybe the feelings aren't new in the history of the world, but the amount of trans people is new and the pronoun thing is new. And is it too late to say that they them doesn't work? Because it's kind of hard. There's, I, I get the idea and I'm not, I get that you don't want to be a he or, or a she. But language wise, they them, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, it's not hard. Just use their pronoun. It's fucking hard. That's not the way language works. So I would like it if there was something that would work, that could still give you the feeling of of, of you're the person you want to be. But they, them, there are times that is very difficult. I mean, if I'm if I'm telling, I don't know, hypothetically, I'm telling my wife about uh, someone who I know identifies as a they, and I'm telling my wife like, hey, hey guess who I ran into? I ran into I ran into uh, Fred and his partner Steve. Oh, wait, I messed it up already. Uh, I ran into Fred and their partner Steve. And my wife also knows Fred identifies as a they. She 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 might say. Fred, what are they up to? And then I, I, I would be like, uh, oh, they're, uh, they're doing great. Steve's doing great too. And then my wife might say, well, what's, what's Fred doing for work? Oh, uh, they got a job at a grocery store. And then my wife might be like, wait, Fred and Steve both got jobs at the grocery store? Like, no, no, just Fred they. Steve identifies as a he. This I'm talking about the singular they, which, okay, I'm just spitballing this conversation, but there are times when you're trying to use the right pronoun. It is extremely difficult. And I don't want to be more stressed out around trans people because I'm afraid I'm going to fuck up their language that would make them feel lesser than. So I just wish there was a better solution. And I'll... Please send me an email, Gabriel at GabrielWetledge.com, especially if you are someone whose pronoun is not the traditional, because I am willing to be educated. This comes from a place of love. I'm just saying it's really fucking hard, and maybe it'll get easier. Maybe my kids will have it no problem. Maybe it's because I'm 45, and I'm uh, I'm like an old grandpa who's like, what, you can't say colored anymore? I, maybe that's what I'm doing. But I'm just saying it's very difficult. And uh, not, you know, I, like I said, I want you to feel uh, the, the best version of whatever you are. But the they thing, like I said, I just wish, <laughs> and that's, by the way, that's not the only pronouns people use. I mean, that seems to be the most common one is they, them. But uh, it's tough. It's tough, you know. It's it's one it's one thing to um, call someone a him when they have have transitioned into a her. That's enough of a problem. 
but at least that doesn't change the way language works. And the singular they is tough to pull off in a conversation, and it's pretty complicated. And so I, I look, this isn't about me. I'm doing fine. He, him, by the way, I'm, I'm doing fine. And I, if they, if they, them is important, I'll get better at it. I'm sure we all will. But it just seems a little bit more complicated than it has to be. Uh, and I don't have any solutions. It's not like I came up with another word that I think would be better. Um, but look, it's hard to talk about these things. Uh, and have like I want, I don't want. I don't want to have this conversation and as if I'm like fucking trans people, right? That's not or, – or whatever, non-binary or whatever. I'm not – this is – I'm coming from a, a – maybe it's a dumb place, but I'm coming from a place of acceptance. I'm not coming from a place of uh, uh, hate at all. I'm just saying, hey, this thing just changed – in the last five years, is it too late to do a redo and figure out something better? Because it seems pretty complicated. Um, but, you know, I get that, look, if you were born a gender that you don't identify as, uh, your life is complicated. So uh, I get that, too. Um, oh, my God. I feel canceled. I'm going to cancel myself. I don't even have a boss on this podcast. It just... <laughs> oh god uh i love you i'm gonna keep saying that um yeah i have i'm actually doing i'm doing a newer a newer bit i think on stage where i talk about the uh i kind of rekindled my wife and I, we kind of dated in high school, but not really. And then when we were 19, we kind of rekindled, rekindled our uh, passion in a game of truth or dare, which it sounds sort of like a cute story. But it, it's funny because that same night that I made out with my wife, uh, you know, I made out with a lot of people because it was like a stupid, drunk, horny 19-year-old game of truth or dare. And that same night is the only time I ever made out with a man. And... uh so I'm I'm trying to tell that story about the time I made out with a man, and I'm I'm trying. To, I, mean, I think I'm going to do it. Um, you know, I've tried it a couple times, and I think it works well enough that I can make it better. But I also I'm so aware of the fact I don't want to tell this story about the time I made out with a dude in any way that makes me think gay people are gross or lesser than. Uh, but as a straight dude, kissing another man was gross. You know, um, just in the, I mean, imagine a gay guy being told to go down on a woman. I mean, ugh, that seems, seems great to me. Uh, but yeah, you don't always, uh, people don't always know your heart. And I guess that's what I'm, uh, what I'm saying when I'm talking about the pronoun thing. I hope you know my heart. I might be an idiot. You might disagree with me. But, uh, you know, I'll do I'll do what society does uh, in the name of uh, inclusion and progress because that's how society works. We don't go backwards. 
Um, well, <laughs> in in general, we don't go backwards. Uh, an occasional election or two might throw a, a wrench in that, but uh, I'm talking about shit I do not want to talk about um, because I'm scared and I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong, but whatever. Uh, here's something else I wanted to talk about. Jesus Christ. Um, I got a voicemail for this podcast. Uh, the only way to send me a voicemail is if you happen to have the Anchor app. Then you can send me a voicemail. Uh, and I got this voicemail from podcast listener, uh, couple-time guest, full-time lover, Christy Rutledge. This was, uh, in response, a few episodes ago, I was talking about the, the Christian rock Daryl Mansfield song. Let's have a Bible study. Yeah. And so, uh, she, I, I had mentioned that I didn't, I knew my wife knew the song, but I didn't remember how. And so that's what this voicemail is about. Hello, Gabriel. This is podcast listener Christy and your wife. The reason why I know about Daryl Mansfield is because my older sister went through a phase where she was very religious. And my next oldest sister was into some of the more hardcore secular bands like Rat. And my oldest sister, the religious one, wanted to give her some other musical options to listen to. So for Christmas, she got her the Daryl Mansfield vinyl record. And that is why I know that song. That is also probably the same year that all I wanted for Christmas was. Uh, that's where the voicemail cuts off. Uh, yeah, I think that's why Christian rock is terrible. Because it's not, it's made as an alternative to different art. You know, Christian rock is the vegan cupcake of music. You know, it's 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 like, oh, that those, whatever. That, don't listen to those terrible songs about sex and drugs. This is just as good. Let's have a Bible study. No, 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 it's not. You don't, you don't need that cupcake filled with all that fat and sugar. That's poison. I made you this thing that's just as good. Uh, no, it's not. And why is it smaller, but it weighs more? That's not right either. I believe when she got cut off, I believe she was going to say she wanted the, for Christmas, she wanted the George Michael album, Faith. Because it got to have faith, faith. Uh, but, uh, I think her sister, I don't know, I think, oh yeah, yeah, I remember the story, I, I think she got it, and her sister, like, they, like, burned it, she melted, I guess that's one advantage of, uh, music being streaming, unless you're gonna throw someone's phone or laptop into a fire, you can't burn their music anymore, but this was a cassette tape, and I think her sister, like, took it and burned it. What a lunatic. Uh, which, oh, George Michael's faith sounds like Christian rock, uh, but it was not. 
Um, did people know George Michael was gay then? I mean, it was pretty hard to not know after Wham. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of funny. And by the way, this is not my story to tell, but just to let you know, people change, okay? People change. And that's why maybe we shouldn't look through everyone's tweets and try to get people fired. And Have you ever said anything bad in your whole fucking life? Because that same person who stole my wife's George Michael cassette tape and burned it for Jesus uh, ended up like playing piano for free at gay weddings at City Hall in Seattle. And, uh, you know, likes to say love is love. Um, so it it is kind of a weird, it's a weird, uh, you know, you're just, you're not the same person your whole life, you know? And, uh, maybe I won't, <laughs> I hope I'm not either. <laughs> I hope... Maybe 20, 10 years from now, I'll wake up in the middle of the night cringing because I'm like, oh, my God. I just remembered I did a podcast where I said I didn't like to say the they, them pronoun. Oh, my God. I got to go delete that. I hope that's what happens. Um, anyway. Um, I'm going to go now. Thanks for listening. Uh, leave me a review if you want on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can agree. You can disagree. You can do neither. Uh, but the important thing is this podcast is free and it's worth it. How well everybody's heard about the bird. The bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Ba 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 